The links between the jet stream and local conditions. Over the past few days, we've seen what we call an amplification of the upper pattern. This means rather than a jet just going straight from east to west, it starts to move north. How climate change is affecting humidity. For every degree of increase in temperature that you get because of carbon dioxide, you get an additional warming because of the water vapour. And what's the chance of more fog in the forecast this weekend? High pressure dominates our weather during the weekend and the start of next week, but that doesn't mean it will be gloriously sunny. It's Friday, November the 27th, and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir and this is Weathersnap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. While most of us use the weather forecast to discover what's happening nearby, you'll often hear references to global patterns and the position of the jet stream. But how exactly do systems that cover large areas of the globe influence local weather? Here to explain, Deputy Chief Forecaster Nick Silkstone. This autumn so far we've tended to be dominated by something which we call a zonal or a mobile pattern. That means that we have a strong westerly jet stream, which forces areas of low pressure west to east across the UK, bringing spells of rain, stronger winds. However, over the past few days, we've seen what we call an amplification of the upper pattern. This means rather than a jet just going straight from east to west, it starts to move north, wave south, back northwards, which means that things that it's steering, such as areas of low or high pressure, are moving much more slowly so you can end up in periods like we've got now where we've got relatively static and stagnant weather conditions that are not going to change that much day to day. Interestingly, it's down to where that high pressure is that we see where the fog is and where the cloud is. For example, on Wednesday night into Thursday, the ridge of the high pressure was further north and we saw quite distinct sort of widespread fog across central belt of Scotland, Northern Ireland, Northern England. When we have this meridional pattern, which produces what we call like a, an upper high or an upper anticyclone across the UK, it leads to basically a lot of descents of air across the country. And that produces basically a, a, an area of very dry and very warm air that sits above the surface. Unlike the summer, where the sun is very strong, so it can quickly warm out this shallow layer. Uh, in winter, the sun is weak, so if that's full of low cloud and fog, the sun's rays can struggle in the middle of winter to burn that away. And it's hard to forecast the dispersal of fog at times through a morning. It is. Fog's a, a bit of an enigma. It's, it's effectively cloud that sits on the Earth's surface. And to form cloud, you have to cool the air to the dew point, which means that the air is 100% saturated. And you'll see the water vapour, which is the gaseous form of water condense out into cloud droplets or fog droplets as we see now but it's quite a difficult thing because the surface of the air is actually cooled by the surface of the ground which radiates heat out to space at night and that means that on all these conditions the ground is actually going to be cooler than the air and that means that dew and frost is going to be depositing on the ground before the air reaches saturation point so you've got this very sort of difficult balancing act where is the air going to reach the temperature it needs to fall to for fog to form first or is the ground going to strip out that moisture and mean that the temperature the air's got to reach for fog to farm becomes ever colder still? And that's the, the really fine balancing act, which uh, means it's very difficult to forecast for fog will form or will not. Deputy Chief Forecaster, Nick Silkstone. A recent report has highlighted the less well-known effects of climate change on global humidity. Humidity plays a key role in regulating the Earth's atmosphere. 
To learn more about the findings and why it is important to understand changes in humidity levels, climate reporter Graham Madge spoke to the report's lead author. Consider climate change and you can be forgiven for leaping immediately to rising temperatures. But, as the Met Office's Dr Kate Willett explains, understanding moisture in the atmosphere is equally important. Water vapour is one of the most important variables when it comes to the climate system. It's absolutely fundamental to life on Earth. It's one of the most abundant greenhouse gases and without it our planet would actually be too cold to live on. It relates to the amount of rainfall falling, especially in heavy rainfall events. It also relates to the amount of rain that we get, especially in terms of heavy rainfall events where all of the water available tends to rain out. It's also important in terms of heat stress. So on a hot, humid day, it can be really uncomfortable, especially if you're physically active. And that's the humidity making it harder for your body to stay cool. Gaining a better scientific understanding of water vapour in the atmosphere begins with acquiring the best information. So my recent paper is a new climate monitoring product for studying humidity over the surface oceans. And this has really been a sort of missing piece of the puzzle for a number of years. We've had products that tell us about the humidity over land, but there haven't been any updating products for humidity over the oceans. And in order to understand what's going on with the humidity, we really need the complete picture. To understand what's happening in our atmosphere, two key elements need to be considered. Specific humidity the actual amount of moisture in the air, and relative humidity, which describes how saturated the air is. We've observed that the water vapour is increasing over land, but that the relative humidity is decreasing. So that's that the air is, although it's holding more water vapour, is becoming less saturated. And that's largely because of what's going on over the oceans as well. So the oceans are the main source of water vapour over land, but the oceans are warming more slowly than the land. So there really isn't enough water evaporating over the oceans and being held in that air over the oceans to then keep the saturation levels the same over land. One thing that is clear is that changes to humidity levels are an ongoing process, the effects of which won't just be confined to the atmosphere. As the temperature continues to increase with climate change, then we'd expect to see further increases in water vapour. It's really part of this positive feedback effect because the water vapour itself is a greenhouse gas. It's the water vapour that really is part of this climate sensitivity. So for every degree of increase in temperature that you get because of carbon dioxide, you get an additional warming because of the water vapour. And obviously, it's not just the greenhouse effect in terms of water vapour, there are direct effects on society from increases in water vapour in terms of increased flooding from intense rain events, increased heat stress on humans and also on animals, and also the impact on plants depending on the levels of humidity. Dr Kate Willett, ending that report. Let's now catch up with the weekend weather with Ada McGiven. High pressure dominates our weather during the weekend and the start of next week. But that doesn't mean it will be gloriously sunny because under that area of high pressure, we'll see a lot of low cloud mist and fog trapped during the next few days. In fact, there are a couple of weather fronts still to talk about. There's one weather front pushing into southern parts of the UK during Friday night and the first part of Saturday. That will bring a few showers, but more significantly, it will bring a lot of low cloud and hill fog. Now, that low cloud will keep things frost-free, so a milder start to much of England and Wales as we begin the weekend compared to the start of Friday. 
further north across the far north of England, southern Scotland, eastern Scotland and Northern Ireland. A bright start, but a frosty one with a few freezing fog patches. And for the far north of Scotland, here we've got another weather front, but that's clearing northwards. So showers to begin the day on Saturday and then drying up and brightening up by the afternoon. It's not going to be as cold because of the lack of fog across England and Wales on Saturday afternoon compared to Friday afternoon, so temperatures into the double figures. But it will be colder across Scotland and Northern Ireland here, mid to high single figures. By Sunday, extensive low cloud mist and fog is lingering across most of the UK and so a gloomy day to come for most, but a dry day for the vast majority. And there will be some frost and fog to begin things across central parts of the UK where we do see some clear spells overnight. The settled picture continues into the start of next week with high pressure well and truly in charge. A weather front, though, will cross northern parts of the UK later Monday and into Tuesday to bring some rain or showers before it settles down again on Wednesday. And a more unsettled picture for the end of next week with low pressure returning to the UK. Before I go, here are your weekly weather extremes from Monday the 16th to Sunday the 22nd of November. With the highest max of 16.6 Celsius recorded on Wednesday in St James's Park, London. A Boyne in the Highlands recorded the lowest temperature early on Friday morning with minus 5.3 Celsius. Last Thursday, Leeming in North Yorkshire recorded the highest amount of daily sunshine with 6.4 hours and the highest daily rainfall in one day was on Tuesday the 17th at Tindrum, Stirling, with 81 millimetres of rain. Thank you, Adam. That's it for Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir and producer is Adrian Holloway. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.